You're listening to the Me, My Bag and I Austin podcast. Today we're going to be talking about having a stoma with relationships and dating. My name's Lisa, I'm 45 and I have an ileostomy which I have now had for 26 years. My name's Emily, I'm 26 and I've had a permanent ileostomy for two years. Uh, my name's Jack, um, I have an ileostomy which I had surgery about 12 months ago, uh, it's the second one I've had. Okay, so um, I'm currently in a relationship because um, my, sur- my surgery was only 12 months ago. Um, I've gone through the process of being really unwell for two years before having surgery um, and not having much of a relationship at all um, and not, not being out on the market, not doing any dating or anything like that just because I felt like I was too ill. Um, and then once I've had my surgery, felt you know super mo- motivated to not just at work but obviously in your personal life to go out there and maybe start meet- meeting girls and going on dates. Um, so my current relationship status is in a relationship um and yeah over the last six months i've been using different dating apps um just a standard like tinder i haven't, didn't meet anyone from tinder but i was on there <laughs> tinder um bumble and you know apps like that so um yeah really going through the process of starting speaking to girls not knowing whether to disclose whether you have a bag because you can link obviously your instagram accounts which i'm quite open on to these accounts um changing my mind all the time about it, either leaving it on there and not getting much of a reaction or putting it on there and then just putting everything out there into the open. So I've been with my partner for five years and um, when we met, I didn't have colitis. I wasn't diagnosed. Um, So he's been with me through the whole getting ill, getting diagnosed and then having um, three bowel surgeries. Four actually because the appendix, but three major ones. So when I first met him, um, like I said, I I wasn't diagnosed with colitis, but I started getting symptoms of getting ill. Um, And then when I was diagnosed, um, I used to stay around his house and I noticed that I had uh, blood in my stools when I went to the toilet. So I would drag him through to the bathroom with me and, and get him to look in the loo, which is a little bit gross, but I think brought us closer together. Um, and then when he came to the colonoscopy that I had and I was diagnosed, I think it really put in stone that he's gonna stick with me. Um, I'm married. I've been with my husband for nearly, well, over 18, over 17 years, maybe 18 years. Um, I was single when I had my stoma. I was 19, so still a teenager. Um, I did date. Um, as you said, sometimes you say on the first date whether you have a stoma or sometimes you don't. For me, I generally told um, the chaps I was dating that I did have a stoma. Um, quite a lot of the time, they didn't know what it was all the time, really. Um, and, you know, if, if they didn't like me for the way I was, I didn't really see them and I didn't care. So, and then I have, I've had, have had a child. I've got a daughter who's 22. And that relationship didn't work, not because I haven't got, because I have a stoma, just did, wasn't a good relationship. And um, I, so when I moved back home, I met my now husband at a party. Um, we had a great time. We went out dancing, clubbing. He took me out on dates and I told him straight away that I had a stoma. Um, and it's never been an issue. No. Did you find that when you, were dating and then it got to 
having sex with someone with a stoma, things were a little bit more different. Like you can be open and honest about having a stoma, but then when it actually came down to doing the deed, was um, it was it different? Um, I think it. You put a lot of pressure on yourself as mm. an as an ostomate to, you know, you're thinking, oh, is he going to like me? Um, you know, it's, he's not going to like the way I look um, when I haven't got any clothes on. But most people don't, you know, they don't like their bodies anyway. Everybody's got something they don't like about themselves. Um, and it never really was an issue. Um, I was nervous, as we all are. I mean, it's only natural. Um, but, you know, I loved him straight away anyway, so it didn't really make much difference yeah. um, to me. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, before I met my partner, I, I would say I was, well, I was young, so I was like completely confident with dating and having sex and stuff like that. But then when I met him, obviously he was like my, he was like my first proper boyfriend and my only boyfriend, I hope. But um, when we first met, I wasn't ill, so we would have sex, like it was fine. But then when I started getting ill, it kind of became more of a, it was like it was an interference. Like if we're having sex and I need to go to the toilet, it was like, oh, one minute, I need to low, and it would like interrupt. So it kind of became, yeah. it was annoying. Like it was, it was, it was annoying. And then when I had the surgery, I felt completely healthy and it was fine. Um, body confidence wise, my bag, I don't even think about it. Like obviously you're never going to be fully naked. You always got something attached to you, but I just kind of accepted it because I'd been with him for so long. It was like fine. Um, and yeah, the, I never needed to get leave and go to the toilet, but it's almost like a, it's planned. That's it. You need to prepare. You have to prepare to go to. You can't just you know wake up in the morning, roll over, and 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 get it done. You're like, oh, I just need to pop to the loo. <laughs> get it done. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to pop to the loo and like empty my bag first, or um, you know, it, it's never really that spontaneous. It's always kind of pre-planned in your mind whether or not you say it is you kind of always have a feel first and then if your bag's a little little bit full you might pop to the loo first let me just freshen up like you kind of feel it's a bit more I've got to think about it a bit more it's not just spontaneous um and then when I had my stomach made permanent um it did take a long time for all the insides to heal and feel normal again so in our relationship I I didn't think it suffered, but for him, bless him, he he had to wait, he had to be patient. And I needed someone that was patient with my healing and me feeling comfortable in in different positions and and you know having having a stoma is one thing to deal with, but then having your back passage sewn up feels completely different. Everything jumbles around down there and everything's everything's different. So I think it took a long time for me to actually start feeling more comfortable in my body after the second surgery. I think the first surgery was a breeze and the second surgery I had to really think about me and like that that hurts and I don't want to do that. So Yeah. I think being being prepared is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um especially when you're when you're dating. I don't do you want to sound too crude but I was I was always thinking, if I'm going on dates, do I, how am I going to change my bag when I come home if I'm if I'm with a with a girl? So we've got two bathrooms at our house, one downstairs, one upstairs. So just in case, I'd make sure I have a bag and a nappy sack in my friend's bathroom upstairs, so that, so that 
obviously I could change something without it stinking out the area of the space that we're hanging out in mm. downstairs. Um, and also, also on dates as well, it's, it's a bit, it inter bit, there's no room for being really too spontaneous because it can be quite casual, not having sex, but even if you're just going on dates, you can get a text in the middle of the day and mm -hmm. you could be, oh, do you fancy going out for dinner tonight? And I'll be like, oh, you don't have anything on you. I can remember um, the girl I'm with at the moment, I think, so two, two out of our like first five dates, my bag actually leaked. Um, the, the reason being, I, was, I wear a hernia belt all the time, but I was, so I was wearing a hernia belt and I was tucking my bag into my jeans and then sitting down at a table. Um, and I'd been taking some like new vitamin tablets around about that time. And for some reason, my output was really watery. I wasn't noticing, so my bag was leaking, but it wasn't smelling much. It was like, it was like really watery output. Um, the first time I was in Waterloo, um, and I, that's, that's nowhere near where I live, so I'm having dinner. I looked down at my top and I could see just a really faint yellow stain. And thankfully we were having tapas and one of the dishes had hollandaise sauce on it. <laughs> I could see her looking down at my top and I, I looked down at it as well. It, it didn't look like poo, it didn't look anything like that at all. It was just a really faint yellow mark. I was like, oh, I spilled some of the food. So I can remember going up to the toilets, washing part of my shirt so it was wet. But also looking at my bag, I didn't have any bag stuff on me. Um, because it was watery, it wasn't, it wasn't gushing out. I could literally stuff a bit of tissue into where the flange was, where there was just a tiny opening where it was coming out. Um, and then managed to leave. And I, I thought, right, we'll stand up on the train on the way home um, and everything will be fine. Got to the station, realised just in the commotion of that happening and me thinking about it, I'd left my wallet at the restaurant. So now I, had to, I was like, oh, it's just one thing after another. And this, this was like the third or fourth, fourth time we'd met. Um, and I didn't actually tell her about that because at the time she didn't know about my bag. Um, and then I only told her, I only told her about two weeks ago because I was thinking about obviously this part, podcast and sharing information about experiences, but it, it only clicked in my head that I hadn't even told her. So she was like, oh my God, like she sh I should have just been open and told her about it. But at the time, obviously it was just so stressful. Cause it's, yeah, you so were, did you, were, you tell her about the tapas? Yeah, I told her oh. about that, yeah. <laughs> You're in, you're in the middle of a city. It's not like yeah. normally problems when I was younger and I had a bag. If anything would happen, I'd pick up the phone to my mum straight away, no matter what time it was, no matter where it was. She'll come, she'll come and like help you out. But you know, when you're in the, in the middle of town, you've got no bag mm -hmm. supplies. It's a bit. I remember bit uh, we went on a date to we went to see Jess Glynn at the O2, and for some reason, if I have a shower and then put on my jeans my bag like suctions to my body and like I, nothing will come out like it's completely suctioned and there's no room for for any air so I kind of have to like let it hang yeah. free so I'd had a shower I got changed and then we went to the O2 and I got to the O2 and because there was no kind of air for anything to go down on the bag it went up the bag and it went all up on my stomach and luckily it hadn't gone through onto my t-shirt my t-shirt was baggy enough for me to it not make any contact but I got to the toilet and I had pooped all up my oh, yeah. stomach, my chest, it was on my bra. <laughs> and I was in the O2 toilets with my, luckily I had my emergency kit and I was changing it. And then I came out and I had to have my bag hanging over my jeans. And then luckily my top was long enough. And I went and, went and met him and I said, oh, I've, I've pooped. And he, <laughs> he was like, oh, oh, how? And I said, I don't know, I've just, I've just pooped. But there's no, when, when you end up, yeah, yeah. when you break the boundary of talking about it to the partners, I think it's, you talk about 
every little detail yeah. of your bell. It would it would be so much easier now. Yeah. Because I can remember the second time, I was in a pub having a beer, and it was it was exactly the same situation. I was wearing my hernia belt. I was wearing the same pair of jeans, and I sat there and I had a grey t-shirt on, um, and I was only about ten minutes away from home, a ten minute walk away, and I looked down at my top and I could see another mark, and I just thought, oh, not again. I, I can remember going to the to the toilets and then seeing it, it was exact it was exactly the same as like a watery output mm. and because I had a mark on my t-shirt what I did is I I had a t-shirt on and I had a shirt so I took my shirt off turned my t-shirt around went back out there and said my friend's locked out I need to just need to run back and give him the house keys she's like oh, I'll come with you I was like no it's fine because we've got drinks on the table so I said I'm not going to be long don't worry I just, I'll, I'll just I'll run and give him the keys so I ordered an uber from my home address I was going to run home so I straight away ordered an uber so that it would be there when I need to leave and come back. So I ran, I was literally running down. I've never ran so fast in my life because this was like our yeah, third or fourth date. Um, so I can remember running home quickly, um, rinsing in the shower, quickly doing a bag change and then leaving the front door and the Uber, obviously the car was already there, drove me back up to where we were. And I was only probably gone like a maximum of 15 minutes, which is pretty good, but it was stressful. Mm. But now if it happened, I wouldn't have, to, wouldn't have any of that. Yeah panic stress or anxiety I would just be open about it but. yeah I think now you've got it out of the way maybe yeah. because of the podcast you've got it out of the way <laughs> yeah. you can be like oh my bag's leaking and then she'll just go oh, okay what do you want to do about it yeah, yeah definitely so much you more. take a spare bag with you when you go out I do normally always but on these two occasions it just it's just casual it was just like casually going out mm. to places and I always I always carry them in my in, inside pocket but I use them forget to replace them so sometimes I'm reaching for a bag and I it's not in my pocket. So, yeah, I, I always stress all the time. It's managing Austin Wells about being organised, but just on, on the off occasion, occasionally. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you're, just, you're just a daredevil and you just risk it. Like, sometimes I leave the house and like I'm like, oh, I haven't got my kit with me, but oh, it's fine. Like, if anything happens, I'll just go home. Like, yeah, yeah can't let it rule your life. I told, told, Ian about my stoma the first night I met him. Um, we'd met at a party, we'd gone on into Plymouth, we went clubbing, um, we sat and chatted. Um, he said that he liked me and wanted to see me again and I said this is my number, this is what I have, I have a stoma, didn't know what that was, he didn't care. And you know for me I wanted to just get it out of the way, you know, rather mm. just rather than having the like oh, I've got to tell him this, I've got to tell him that. Rather than that, I would just say, right, this is this is what's wrong with me. If you can call it wrong, I don't think it is anything that's wrong with me. It's just just me, it's just the way I am. So yeah, I told him straight away. Especially when you go on a first date, you, if you go there with the intention of, or, or the mentality or the intention that you are going to be telling them on the first date, I'd probably constantly be thinking, right, mm. when shall I tell her? When shall I tell her? When shall it's I tell her? It's the right moment. So yeah, I I normally. Different, different to that, and different to your experience. Wouldn't sort of. I don't want to go to a date and like vomit my medical history over someone. I I know for a fact I might not see again. I uh, might not understand it, or just might not take you out. And it might it just kill the mood a little bit, especially if you're having a bit of a laugh. Um, so I've had obviously the similar experience where you meet your new people and they don't they may they may be a little bit uneducated on what a bag is. But at the same time, most people don't really care. Not. Not not caring, but most people don't mind. Like, it shouldn't be. If it's not a problem for us, it shouldn't be a problem for other people. But 
Yeah, your you bowel be... function shouldn't be concerned no. for anyone else no. but yourself. You shouldn't, you know, you don't really need to be discussing that, do you? Yeah. Um, it. I think it depends on the person that you're you're dating. If you if you think that you know they like you and you like them, then maybe maybe be upfront on the first date. That works. That worked for me, but it doesn't work for everybody. Um, you know, I. I mean, I think I understand that you kind of don't want to want to talk about that on the first date, and no one really wants to discuss poo anyway, do they? Really, no. I do. <laughs> Apart from you, <laughs> no, let's um, talk about it. Yeah, no, I don't think we need to know um, everybody's bodily functions on the first date. But for yeah. me, I I wanted to tell my now husband on the first yeah. date. It's um, how as well. Like, do you tell him to their face and then risk? the chance of being a little bit embarrassed or do you tell them by text and know for a fact they're going to be going on Google and probably all sorts of information is going to be coming up. Um, so for me personally, I, I, would, I was a bit of a coward and probably just te texted them. Obviously when I'm at work, speaking to people when you speak about people when you're dating and stuff like that, I'd be like, oh, have, you, have you told them about your bag? I would know. And then gradually would build up to sending like, feeling like a little bit of a risky text because you, you are putting yourself out there. Um, but always got positive responses, thankfully. I suppose there's no escaping it for me. Like I couldn't, yeah. I didn't have an option whether or not to tell my partner because he kind of was pulled along to all the appointments and colonoscopy waiting rooms and everything. So there was no, there was no escaping it. I remember doing like the bowel prep for colonoscopy and he's like, oh, this is nice. But, you know, he'll go on the, the food strike with me and he'll yeah, support me like through things like that. So it, you kind of I think yeah I didn't I didn't get to escape the or do I tell them or do I not like I kind of had no option but when when it comes to like friends and and they ask like I usually I'll I'll give them a brief little low down but yeah if they want to go and google it then they can do that they can like learn it themselves or you just point them in the right direction to your Instagram <laughs> like here have a look like there's loads of Loads of people on there that chat about poop. So, do you think it's easier if you're in a relationship when you have it, when you have your operation, you have your stoma? Do you think it's easier when you're in a relationship, or like for you and I, we we're both single at the time? Yeah, it's, you... a, it's a big change to your relationship. Like it's a, it's like a, a big life event in a way, because you kind of have someone there going through it with you, but then you have the support, which is good. Like I had someone to lean on that lived with me, like, like you have your family and yeah. your friends, but I have someone that's been with me and who's, you know, sat in the bathroom with me at 3am when I'm constantly on the loo, like it, it's, it's stuck by me, so. Did you ever have them thoughts of whether you thought it would change the way he thinks about you? Yeah, definitely, like I, I thought leading up to the surgery, like, are you sure you're not going to leave me? Are you going to dump me? Like, are you sure? You don't want a girlfriend with a bag. Like, you could have someone with a normal bell. Like, and it's just, oh, shut up, Emily. Just shut up. Like, I'm going to stay there. And then when I woke up from surgery, I had a drain uh, right near the stoma. And, and the drain was leaking blood. And I remember that they lifted up my gown and they were checking the drain. And then they put, like, a little mini bag on the drain to collect the blood. And he was stood at the end of the bed and he went all white and he looked like he was going to faint. And I immediately thought, oh, my God, he doesn't fancy me anymore. He hates the fact that I've got a bag. But then little did I know that he's terrified of blood. <laughs> and he just felt really sick. My, my advice for someone who has a stoma and is going to start dating um, would just be to own it. 
I know what I've been speaking about, my experience, I didn't tell people straight away on the first date, but whenever I have, I've always done it. Um, you know, I've just been confident about it. I think, it, obviously, we all have like certain insecurities. We, you, like, for example, you've had yours for 26 years, so you, you're fully used to it, but confidence is quite a sexy thing as well. Bags aren't the sexiest things, but confidence is sexy as well. So just just own it, 100%. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I would bring it up um, when you first meet someone because it, it whittles out all the, the bad eggs. If someone's not happy with it, it's more about them than it does you. And there's loads of ways in covering it up if you want to. There's, there's underwear and T-shirts and, you know, there's companies that can help you with things like that, with confidence. So that's and be and obviously be prepared. Yeah, like. always be prepared. Always have a just just have a cheeky feel, <laughs> <laughs> and then pop to the loo. Powder your nose. What of your bag or your partner? Your bag, <laughs> and then the partner. <laughs> um, no, my my advice is, as what you said, is to be is to be upfront. But it's really important that you just love the way you are, love yourself. You're not a person with a bag. That bag is part of you. So you just accept yourself. If you accept yourself, that gives you confidence and that makes, makes you look confident. And when someone's confident, then, you know, another person's going to like you. That's, that's what I think confidence sort of shows. And like you said, it's quite, you know, it's quite attractive if someone's like that. I don't think you should be scared of the way you are, that this is the way you are and accept it. Yeah, I think it, it helps just generally as well, because when I had um, my first ileostomy, that was for five years for our secondary school and I was so private about it I was I had a surgery in year seven so I came back into school I'd been on steroids so my cheeks had doubled in size and just all, all throughout secondary school I was just trying to be as private as possible about it I was constantly anxious about it trying to make sure it wasn't visible through my school tops um, and in, just outside of school as well I was only my closest friends knew uh, I'm sure other people probably did know Obviously coming back looking like a different person in year seven but it's not it's never something i would speak about or talk about and definitely wouldn't definitely wouldn't have the confidence to shout in public and i suppose my second time around now having an ileostomy having an ileostomy and being open and like share, sharing the experience things you find useful and just just trying to own it like i said it's made it a lot easier um because yeah you feel like you're not having to, you're not trying to hide anything everyone at Everyone at work knows. Everyone, all of my friends and family know, um, and it's it's not a big deal. So, obviously, transfer that into dating. Just just own it. Be confident, and hopefully, find the right person that that doesn't mind. Yeah, talking about it is such a huge thing. Like just discussing it with friends, family, even social media. As much as we hate and love it, it's it's like a a way to put out your feelings and then relate to people that are in the same situation. Like I know if I'm having a bad day, I might tell someone that's close to me, but they might not understand as much as if I speak to somebody that's in the same boat and I, you know, I reach out and I'm like, I'm, I'm not having a good day. And then they'll say, oh, I completely know how you feel. And I'm like, yes, you do. You do know how I feel. Thanks. So yeah, it's always just talk about it. Be honest. Talk. Definitely. Yeah. I set up a blog of, in August um, it's kind of like a therapy really for me and for other people it's to it's to make people realize that you know you can live a full life 
with a stoma. Um, I've had my stoma for a very, very long time, but I didn't speak about it to anybody for a long time as well. Um, yeah, I've been confident and said to, you know, to somebody I've been on a date with, this is, this is me, but I haven't spoken about how it made me feel. I was diagnosed at 15 and that was 30 years ago. So there was nothing, no social media, no internet, and I didn't have anyone to speak to about that. But that's my, that's me, that's the way I've dealt with things. So I set this blog up to kind of help other people, but in, that, in turn, that's helped me. Um, so the blog is called ibdostomy.com. It's called Lisa's Billy the Illy blog. So Billy is my ileostomy. Um, and I just talk about, um, you know, all the things that I do, things to do with my diet, um, all the all the silly things that we get up to, you know, going off, going camping, um, talking about, you know, there is a page which says about me and, and, you know, what happened to me when I was younger, but that's not the focus, that's to give people an idea of what happened to me. I mean, it was the 80s, so it was a very, very long time ago. Um, but I've just recently written a, written a piece about whether you should be sad, happy or angry. Um, and for me, I feel that in certain stages after you've had surgery, whether, you know, most people get, they're quite angry to start with because they think, why me? And then they can be a little bit sad because they think, you know, I don't really want to be like this, but I am. And then you've got to get to a happy stage where you've got to accept the way you are. So this site that I've built is purely to make people realise that they're not on their own, um, you know, from someone who's experienced, I've, you know, I've, I've lived it off. I've been I've been like this for a really really long time, so I'm hoping that I can help people. So that's why I've set it up really, um, and again like I said for for my own for my own therapy, um, a lot of people who've read it who are in my family didn't know that's how I felt, so that's been a bit of an eye opener for my family as well, as well as a lot of friends because I never ever really go oh I've got an oileostomy this is it this is that I just kind of keep it to myself and crack on. Never. Is that is that just specifically on a website, do you have social media that you share your posts I, on? Well? Um, I've just got a normal Instagram account and a normal Facebook. I don't have, you know, I'm guessing you've got specific ones, have you? For, yeah, for that? I, no, I, I don't have that. I had a normal, like, I have like Facebook and a normal Instagram. But then after I had my surgery, I kind of wanted like an output to put all my like feelings and my pictures and and reach out to people that are in the same boat as me. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like the people that were, you know, friends from school had to follow a journey they didn't really understand or they didn't want to learn about. So I made a separate page and then posted like the, when I got out of hospital, I kind of posted like a grid photo of, this was my every day I took a photo while I was in hospital. And it was like the faces of having the stoma made and, and then every time I have an appointment or a blood test or a bag leak or a holiday, like I'll, I'll put on there, like, this is what I've done. This is what, you know, what's going on in my life. So if there's, if there's someone that are, is following the journey or is going through the same situation, they can read it and kind of relate to it. And then they can message me and ask me questions. And I'm happy to help like people in the same boat. Do you think that's helped you? Yeah, it has because when I when I talk to people that are in the same boat, when they come back after they've had the surgery three months later and say, "Oh my god, you helped me so much!" I, like I'm so glad I met you. I'm like, "Oh, that's the best thing." Yeah. It's so rewarding. It's like just talking to somebody. Like 
It's it, yeah, it's growing. It's a real. What about you? Yeah, um, similar situation. Um, I think mine to begin with. The, the first post I done, I actually found it quite like liberating. Mm. It was on my. It wasn't on my private Instagram. It was on my personal one. Um, so I was really just like cutting myself out there, accepting that I'm going to be open about it, um, and got a positive response. So started a private one as well. Um, partly just to share posts for information, but I think like, I think just generally patient experience is probably like one of the most under, underutilized resources in the whole country. Yeah. There's nothing more valuable than patient experience. You can go speak to consultants up and down the country, doctors, nurses, specialists, but really it's not until you start speaking to other people where you can, it's not just about sharing information about surgeries it's more like all the little what bags you're wearing what stuff yeah. you're doing. we're speaking on the train on all the, the little up. useful hips you know hints and tips like take earplugs with you yeah or the hair, the hair dryer treatment put a hair dryer on your bum when your barbie bum's healing <laughs> just like just yeah. little little things like that like little the little tips yeah. what tips have you got for exactly. certain things like that you probably won't you might not it's not it's, that's not medical that's not going to be medical advice that someone's going to tell you no. quite often it's and i do often get messages from people saying that they they still feel a little bit in the dark about things. They've had the surgery because some, if it's an emergency, special emergency surgery, especially, mm-hmm. they can sort of not have to- much time to prepare or even start looking into what an ostomy is. Having the surgery, you're in there for ten days. You have, you're, there's obviously lots of support, um, but still, when they leave, hospital may still feel a little bit left in the dark. So, want to reach out and talk, talk just about what works well, like even just general things like going swimming, mm-hmm. playing certain sports, traveling abroad. Just think social media is such a valuable tool to just share information. Yeah, because when you get discharged from hospital, you're kind of packaged up. Here's your little stoma care box and the nurse will be with you in a couple of days and then we'll set up your prescription. And then nobody really, you go and see your stoma nurse after and it's more of a, she wants to check to see if the stoma's fine. It's not, how are you? And you kind of spend like a week holiday in hospital and then you go home and then you're just kind of left and you don't have you have people to talk to that are in your family and your friends and you meet up for a coffee and whatever but you don't have someone to say when I was in hospital this happened and and oh someone saying yeah I've been in the same boat and you know how can we change it and you know when you go into hospital like there's little things that you can ask for that you might not necessarily think about but you need like a fan if you get too hot because you feel a bit sick after your anaesthetic, well, they might not necessarily just offer it to you. You have to ask for it. And the, the valley cushion after a barbie bum, <laughs> some hospitals don't provide it. But then oh, if you request it, they'll, they'll order it in. Oh, yeah, me neither. Yeah, it's this little cushion. You pump up the sides and it leaves a valley for your bum. <laughs> so there's no pressure on your bum. <laughs> it's great. I think it can, it can leave you feeling a lot less alone as well when you yeah. see people going through the same experience. Like I know yours was when you've, first for going through, going through that process of having your ostomy and surgery. It was around the nineties and there wasn't much information online, but just for myself personally, like you can create friendships. There is mm-hmm. quite a massive online support network. I know back when, so I was 11 when I had my first surgery, my mom was on her laptop on forms all the time. Um, so, but that it was always more words on a page rather than actually seeing pictures of people actually just getting on and cracking on living normal lives. Yeah, and you see the the pictures of, you know, people in hospital 
with scarred up tummies or elderly patients that have colostomy bags or stomas you don't really see like young people living life in relationships going on holiday going swimming like doing sports like you don't really see stuff like that when when it's in a textbook it's this person's ill and we've given them this and they've now got a stoma and it's like a daunting you're going to have a bag and you're going to turn 80 overnight it's <laughs> when you when you have a stoma it doesn't mean that you can't do everything that you did before it's just you just don't need to run to the toilet every yeah. five minutes i thought that when i was younger definitely lots of like the literature that would get sent out by companies generally they would always, it would always be more there's elderly couple mm-hmm. there's elderly couples or patients on the front covers of the magazines and stuff like that so yeah, i think social media generally has definitely been really helpful seeing and also it's looking on there and people i follow and look at i think i look at every couple that they must go through so much so I think if you don't know many people that have gone through a similar thing, all my friends, like my brother's so healthy, he's never been to the doctors. All my friends are healthy. You can feel like, why am I the only person that suffers why like this? Me? Like you're on a, tra- on a train on the way home from work, cramping, desperate for the toilet, looking around thinking, surely no one else lives like this. Um, but then obviously you can look on social media and actually see there are, there are lots of people going through the same thing with chronic pains or illness. So it's, yeah, you definitely feel a lot less alone. It's like you make friendships out of a bad situation, which is a nice way to look at it. Yeah. Like you, you wouldn't meet people, you know, on a daily basis and just become friends with them. It's like you've got, you've instantly got something in common. And yeah. You've got like, you can, yeah, I've been through that and I know what you mean. I suppose telling someone that you've got a stoma is a lot like telling work that you've got colitis or Crohn's. It's like you, you just need to be upfront and say, this, this is the situation. You know, and, yeah. if, and if the job didn't like it, then it's not the right job. And if the person didn't like it, it's not the right person. Like, you always need to think about yourself first. Although now, you, after speaking earlier about Barbie bar, I sit, I sit down in an office, so I'm, I'm not looking forward to going back to work now, maybe. You just have some cushions under size. there and just pop yeah. up your butt cheek. You'll be no, fine. I'll definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, you've got to, be, got to be open, haven't you? My piece of advice for people when it comes to relationships and dating with a stoma is just include people because talking about it with other people helps the journey become less alone and and less stressful if you if you're in a relationship then make them come to the appointments with you and make them understand what you're going through i think it really helps um my advice would be to be honest and not put so much pressure on yourself um if you're going to go out and date or you know if you're in a relationship just just accept this the way you are and love yourself and then someone else will love you back. So my advice for someone who has Crohn's and colitis or an ostomy um, and they're thinking about relationships and dating, just to be not, not to worry too much. Um, don't Definitely don't spend too much time overthinking things. I think that can definitely eat you up a lot. Um, just, yeah, just be as open as you want to be. Um, don't spend too much time worrying about what the wrong person thinks. Um, yeah, just uh, just own it, be confident, and yeah, just put, put, put yourself out there, definitely. Yeah, don't put too much pressure on yourself. No. Uh, so if you want to follow my journey, it's um, on Instagram, at Emily's Iliostomy. Uh, if, if you'd like to follow my, my journey and any information I post online, my um, Instagram tag is at Ostomy Jack.
Um, I've got a site called ibdostomy.com, um, which is called Lisa's Billy the Illy blog. You can find out anything about me on there, and I give you quite a lot of advice on there as well. Yes, so thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed our chat, and we hope we've helped you. Thanks for downloading the free Me, My Bag and I podcast from Salts Healthcare. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button and the next podcast will come straight to your device. We care what you think, so it'd be great to hear your thoughts. Please leave a review on iTunes.